Money Books with Aaron and Polly. I'm Aaron. And I'm Polly. And back with us for a repeat session is Wayne from Fear the Boot. Welcome back, Wayne. Hello again. Very exciting to have you back on the big show. I'm excited to be back. So uh, this we're recording on uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, how was everybody's holiday? Busy. <laughs> What'd you do, Wayne? Uh, I have two families to hit. We had we had a couple fans in town from the Fear of the Boots ones. So we had the board game night yesterday. So from basically 1 p.m. all the way through until midnight, we just oh, wow. did board games. What kind of what board games did you play? Um, we had uh, we tried Blockus, which I'd always kind of wanted to try. Agers of Camelot, Pandemic. I tried about eight or so that we'd never tried before. Wow, that's a lot of games. It's a lot of fun. How about you, Paul? What'd you do? Uh, well, you know, Thanksgiving was a busy day for me because, you know, we have uh, my wife and I, we invited both families over and, you know, we we did dinner here, uh, which was nice and kicked them out at a decent time so I could get to bed <laughs> and get to GameStop at 5 a.m. in the morning to, oh. to, to buy some games. I did some Black Friday shopping. Now, what did you buy over at uh, GameStop on Black Friday? You know, not terribly much and nothing for anybody else. <laughs> uh, Black Friday shopping is typically Paul shopping. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so I picked up, you know, I picked up a game for the Nintendo Wii, uh, the Wii Sports. I picked up the new Dead Space for Nintendo Wii. Uh, so, you know, I picked up a couple games and, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, oh, I'll leave them in the shrink wrap. And if anyone wants them, maybe they'll get them for Christmas, but I really want them too. So we'll see. Was that Wii Sports Resort you picked up? It was. It was. Cause they had a good deal at GameStop, you know, cause it comes with the Wii Motion thing. And yep. they, if you buy it, you got one of those free and they're normally 25 bucks. So I thought it was yeah. a good deal and I thought I'd check it out. And I, I was very thankful. Because they opened a lot of fun, but it's a uh, really good game. Oh, good! I'm glad to hear it. You know, because I'm sure I'm going to be opening it. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they opened at six, and I was like, you know, it was four forty-five, and I'm thinking I'm on my way there, and I'm like, you know, there's probably going to be a line wrapped around the building, and I don't know if I want this game bad enough. So let me just see how the line is. There was one person in line. I was very happy, and it's probably because it hailed. A couple of hours earlier, like around 3 a.m., it was there was a hailstorm, so I'm sure that kept a couple of people away. Well, you know, my uh, my Black Friday shopping con- consisted of me shopping online. <laughs> you know, I did a lot of that too, and I yeah. prefer to do that honestly, yeah. just because you know I I, I just don't like I I I like the excitement uh, of a little bit of Black Friday, but I also hate people. There's a lot of people yeah. on Black Friday, so there's a lot of hate. Yeah, exactly. I avoid stores at all costs. Same here. You know, I, I was sitting there and checking out the, the Black Friday deals online. And anytime I found something that was on my Christmas list, I'd send an email to my wife. Well, if you go over here to Best Buy, you can get this. As, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and, you know, I was working on the holiday buying guide or whatever, the holiday shopping guide for ideologyofmadness.com. And as I'm typing up and uh, as I'm typing it up, I'm like, you know, that sounds really good. How much is that? So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm buying things and looking at things online. So I did a little online shopping while telling other people what to buy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I I actually did shop for someone other than myself. So, you know, at least I'm, I'm not as big a douche as Paul. I am a douche. <laughs> I, am a douche. Well, I picked up one gift for somebody, but that was today. So uh-huh. that uh-huh. wasn't yesterday. Very nice. Yeah, I, I picked up one Christmas gift so far, too, so I'm a little bit behind. Well, I know uh, some things that we all three of us picked up in great supply this week were comics. Yes, there were yes. more comics than you can shake a baby at. You know, uh, we, we had the episode just a couple of weeks ago, you know, Too Damn Many Comics, and, and this this could almost be 
too damn many comics part two because oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i I, you know i walked in and you know they were still pulling comics on wednesday you know for everybody's pull list and i mean they were just running around because there was just so many freaking books it's crazy i I knew it was gonna be a big week but i didn't realize it'd be anywhere near as big as it was yeah and I made it work for myself this week, too, because, you know, uh, we were talking before the show. I cut my list. I went to Comixology. I cut my list down to 28 bucks. It's like, I can deal with 28 bucks. And then I got there. I'm like, well, you know what? I need to catch up on New Avengers. So I picked up, like, the last five issues of New Avengers. And then it was like, well, we're <laughs> going to talk about this on the show. So even though I don't normally read it, let me get it anyway. And, yeah, before I knew it, my, my $28 had sprung to $60. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a big week. And, you know, I I was compounded by the fact that I hadn't been last week because I was up in Norfolk last week with with Paul for our our quarterly summit. I I had a whole bunch of books. In fact, uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of books that I haven't even read yet, you know, and it was a four day weekend. You know, I mean, you know, having all this time, I mean, I I got through a, a whole ton of them, but I've still got three books over there I still need to read. You know, I got to admit to doing the same thing Polly did. When I was going there browsing what was on the shelf, I was looking at Image United. I was picking up. I was looking through it. I was on the verge of deciding, and I thought, hey, they're going to want to talk about that this weekend. I'm going to be on. I'm going to go ahead and get it. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine how much you guys buy because of that, doing this every week. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it was so funny because, you know, I saw I, – I did my pull list. You know, and I always do my pull list for the coming week on Sundays. And so I was like, oh, well, the new Chew is coming out. Paul's going to want to talk about that, so I'll go ahead and get it. Well, then Paul sends a note. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or an email or something. He says, yeah, I'm not going to pull Chew. I'm just going to go ahead and start pulling that and trade. And I was like, great, I can drop Chew from my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sad thing is that was a hard one because I, I, I love the book. Yeah, it's a great book. And we, and we talked to John Lehman, and the fact that he's a nice guy makes me like the book even more. But I was like, damn it, there's just no way. You know, yeah. that's another monthly book. And, you know, I, I started picking up Marvel again recently. And, you know, I started getting hooked on a couple of Marvel books. And, you know, that's literally, you know, it was for the most part. And anyone who listens to the show knows the first 10 episodes or so is almost entirely DC yeah. with a Marvel book every couple of episodes. And, you know, now it's about half and half. So, I mean, it's like my pull list is almost doubled from what it was when we started the show. Oh, yeah. I've noticed they go back and forth. I'll have mostly Marvel for a while, and then they'll do a storyline I don't care for it before I realize that I'm mostly DC and then back and forth. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way I'm headed because uh, with DC, I, I I think I'm beginning to focus primarily on the Blackest Night books, um, you know, and the Superman stuff I'm kind of leaning away from because the World of New Krypton stuff just isn't connecting with me. And But, you know, there, there's still plenty of books to buy. Oh, yeah. Uh, oodles and gobs. It's hard to believe there's a recession on, <laughs> you know, because I, you know, you, you keep looking at how many books they're they're putting out and you'd think that the that the uh, titles would trim up some, you know, that they'd, they'd kind of start distilling some of the stories and make them a little bit more compact, which I guess Marvel has done because Siege is only going to be four books. Well, kind of. There's about 20 tie-in books. Right, yeah. but but the, the, the main miniseries is just four issues as opposed to being six or eight or 12. True, true. But but they did that so that you can buy all six Deadpool monthlies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a book we all read this week was Green Lantern number 48, a Blackest Night book. Indeed, and we hopefully all read it before reading Blackest Night number five. I uh, wish I would have, but... uh. 
First thing I read was Blackest Night number five before going back to Green Lantern. I'm well, really sorry what? about that. For all five issues of Blackest Night, it's pretty much, I think, come out on the same week as that issue of Green Lantern. Every issue so far, you read Blackest Night first, and then you read Green Lantern. Right. This is the That's first time they switched it around. Too. And you know, when you open up uh, Green Lantern, the very first thing it says is, this takes place before Blackest Night number... Six. Number six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, not number five, right. which is what came out this week. Right. And I, and I sat there doing the same thing, but, you know, fortunately I was follow, I was following a couple of folks on Twitter and I think it was, uh, Simeon Lovedoc who said, be sure and read Green Lantern 48 before you read Blackest Night number five. And I was like, Oh, thanks for the tip. I mean, it didn't really take anything away from the book for me having read them in the other order. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, basically you get a little bit of kind of like reading a prequel after you read the main. Title. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like somebody died in, in, uh, you know, number 48, that, that's a big deal. It was just, it's largely just kind of building the suspense and explaining how something gets to happen in number five. But I, I thought, uh, uh, Blackest Night, uh, Green Lantern number 48 was, was an awfully good book. Of course, you know, we've said that all along in this title. Doug Mankey is just rocking the art and the writing just seems to be right there. I really enjoyed it. And it's funny because I hated the Rage of the Red Lantern storyline. Same here. But I like every time the Red Lantern has appeared since. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we'd complained about before was uh, Rage of the Red Lanterns. I think everybody was looking forward to it, and it wound up being a great big dull dud. I I have liked the deeper portrayal of Atrocitus in these books. On the same lines, the uh, the Orange Lantern got a much better portrayal in here than he does in any of the other books he's been in so far. Totally agree. I think Larflees is a lot more interesting in number 48 than he has been elsewhere. And I think the problem is they're much more interesting as like bit players than they Uh are as the main characters. Because you're right, Agent Orange was not that great. You know, in fact, a couple of those storylines, you know, leading up to Blackest Night, we were talking about it, just weren't really cutting it. Uh, And that one was, I think, pretty bad because it also had bad art. I think that had Philip Tan or Philip something Mm -hmm. art. And I, I wasn't big on that either. As characters in this book, I'm enjoying them. Well, you know, Larflees is is particularly good for uh, comic relief. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing, making jokes about not being able to read in here, and just yeah, he's so off the wall. It's kind of fun, especially you know in comparison with uh, the Red Lantern. Exactly. Well, and, and you know, the the Red Lantern, you know, gets a little bit more depth in this book, you know, and and really becomes more of a tragic character than anything else. Whereas before, he was just mad. You know, and so now you get kind of a, a, a an inkling as to why he's so angry. Yeah, here's why he's mad, and you know, you'd be mad too. Exactly. Is this the issue that they had Gonzo in? Remember, they were, they were talking about how much Larflees look like Gonzo. Oh, <laughs> and the Green Lantern creates a Gonzo construct. Yes. I yes, thought I, that was this issue. I think but you're. I don't I, see it. Looking at it, maybe it was last issue. It may have been. But you know, it's little touches like that, and like Wayne said, the um, the you know, Larfley's comment about not being able to read. I, I you know, the, it, the nice little bit of humor because it's pretty much been a humorless storyline. You know, you, you kind of need a little comic relief every now and then. Carol Ferris, she's like, "Who is he?" And he's like, "Well, he's Uncle Scrooge if he had a power ring, but he reminds me of Gonzo." <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, you know, Larflees starts commenting on that. You know, I am not Gonzo or Uncle Scrooge. I am Larflees. <laughs> <laughs> it's good writing and it's good art. And I, the, the pacing of this was terrific. I really enjoyed uh, Green Lantern 48. Yeah, I did, too. It's one of the better books this week. Yeah, there were a lot of good books this week. Yeah, there were there were a ton of good books this week. And one of those good books, at least in my opinion, is Blackest Night number five. 
Yes. What'd you boys yeah. think? I loved it. I loved the uh, the Captain Planet joke at one point in it as well. <laughs> I I really did. I mean, it, it's not a shocker to hear that I liked it. I'm shocked. I mean, we've, shocked I and amazed, sh- Paul. Because, <laughs> I mean, we've liked every issue so far. And, you know, this kind of brought everything back full, you know, because, you know, the uh, Green Lantern got taken out for a couple of issues. And, you know, now that he's back, I mean, I, I really... This book was really pretty spectacular. You know, great art. You know, there was a ton going on in this book, a ton of characters, because you had all the the regular DC heroes as well as the Spectrum heroes or Green Lantern characters. You know, this book also, for me, was kind of, uh, as you're reading through, it adjusts the focus of the series. Mm -hmm. Up until now, it's been a mystery. Who are the Black Lanterns? What are they doing? What do they want? As of this issue, you know who the bad guy is, and you kind of get a, you start getting a feel for what he's doing. So it's a lot less mystery and a lot more basically a redirection of the series for the rest. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. You know, uh, there was a point in the book where I'm thinking, well, Necron's just kind of not doing anything. And then Necron starts doing stuff. Yeah. And when he does. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Holy crap. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that, that, that I'd like to say is, uh, you know, Paul and I had been chatting before about, you know, Ivan Rice, and we, we really enjoy his artwork, but we'd been going, you know, maybe Doug Mankey should have been drawing the main book, and Ivan Rice should be drawing the Green Lantern book. But in this book, I realized something, and I, I just don't know if he just really stepped up his pencils in this book or not, but – you know, when you think about artists who can draw a lot of superheroes on the page, uh, one artist in particular comes to mind, and that's George Perez. You know, he, he can draw all the superheroes on the page, and each one of them gets an appropriate amount of love. And Ivan Rice has really kind of become that guy, too. He does an excellent job of rendering each one of these heroes and making them look, you know, characteristically heroic, making them look appropriate. His pages with the Flash are just outstanding. You really have a sense of the, of the motion and speed that's occurring with the, with those characters. And that's not easy for a lot of uh, comic book artists. So I, I'm really a big, huge thumbs up to Ivan Rice. Yeah. And this book had some epic pages. Too. Yes, it did. You've got two epic pages of the entire light brigade standing there, all the rings. Uh, you've got an epic page of the justice league showing up. Uh-huh. And then the final page is epic in and of itself with just all these heroes through all of them. And it, everyone, just when you look at it, it's awe-inspiring. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that that one page where the Light Brigade is attacking uh, the Guardian. Scar? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want that as a poster. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just a, that's just a great page. And the, yeah. the, the page where uh, Batman is resurrected or raised or however you want to want to want to say that is just so Bernie Wrightson horrifically wonderful. Yeah. And that last page with all of the heroes as black lanterns, that needs to be a poster as well. Yeah, I agree now. Okay. On that last page, I recognize every hero on this page, except for the woman over Superman's right shoulder. Who is that? That's what, when I read it the first time I was left wondering, has black canary ever died? Because I think that's her, but I don't remember her. I don't think she's ever died. Because she's right next to yeah, Green Green Arrow. Yeah, it's and the hair's the same. Who is Uh, that, Paul? Well, the first page, like when the uh, the Black Lantern rings go out, Uh and it says Buddy Baker of Earth and Tara Olaf's daughter. Uh huh. And Tara Olaf's daughter, the the original Dove, not Dove Ice. Ice. Right. So you think that's I guess Ice is in this book? Did you see Ice anywhere in this book? I did not see her in this book. I saw yes, her on the cover. She she's on the ju- when the Justice League oh. shows up. She's with them. Yeah, yeah she is on the cover. 
So over his right shoulder, that's ice. Okay. Boy, okay, it doesn't look that a thing was, like... The whole time when I read it afterwards, I was kept going back and trying to think, did uh, did Black Canary ever die? And I couldn't come up with once. Yeah. Well, all of these characters have died. I don't remember Wonder Woman dying, though. It's because you don't read that book, Paul. Well, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I just don't remember. I remember every one of these characters dying, except Wonder Woman. Yeah. No, I don't it recall... Yeah, I I don't recall Wonder Woman dying either, but I just accept it. <laughs> yeah, it kicks ass. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, it was, and I love the you know the wrap up page. You know, just those little bottoms of the page where the rings are trying to get the Hal and trying to get to, to the Flash. Yeah, yeah, I particularly like the Flash one. I'm looking forward to to see him do something in the the regular Flash monthly with that having that ring chase him. Well, and isn't there a Blackest Night three issue Flash book? coming yes there is um uh, it's blackest night flash it's written by johns it's drawn by scott collins who used to draw flash when jeff johns was writing it uh-huh. uh, i think that starts it might start in january i think mm-hmm. or maybe it starts in december um i am really torn then because at this point i'm not convinced the tie-in miniseries can be good all evidence supports that the tie-in miniseries won't be good <laughs> true well the only reason i'm giving this one a shot honestly is because it's written by jeff johns yeah exactly and it, you know it's featuring the flash who's so prevalent in the main storyline you know I, i'm sure it has something to do with it yeah there have been very few blackest night books that i've not picked up very few actually next week next week is when blackest night the flash comes out see look at that asked and answered so we all uh, liked blackest night number five yeah, and before we yeah. move on, I do want to say the Batman that resurrected, you know, uh, if everyone caught Bruce Wayne in quotes, so it wasn't really Batman. Oh, no, I didn't catch that. Right after Batman gets Black Lantern rings on him, on everybody, uh-huh. uh, Necron goes, you have served your purpose, Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne is in quotes, huh. which, you know, ties into the fact that they said Batman and Robin number seven has something to do with Blackest Night. And if you read Batman and Robin, which unfortunately I do, in number six, you saw that <laughs> Nightwing actually has the body of Bruce Wayne. Right. And the body in the grave was not his. So so who's this I, guy? Yeah, well, he's Bruce Wayne in quotes. That's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for clearing that up for me, Paul. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Adventure Comics number four was also a Blackest Night tie-in this week. Um, Paul, I believe you read it? Yes, I did. And Wayne, you did not? I did not. Okay, well, I think Paul and I can uh, sum this one up pretty quick if I gather his tone of voice correct. Bunch of crap, wasn't it, Paul? What a piece of garbage. This was oh a God. huge, big turd. You know, and the sad thing is, is issues one three three of Adventure Comics have been some of my favorite comics over the last couple of months. Was and this one, the part two to the uh, Superman, or Superboy Prime yes. story? Yes, part one, actually, of the Superboy okay. Prime story. Part two oh, is uh, was- issue five. Okay, if this one was part one, it came out last week. Then or- yes, yes, yes. Okay, I did read that one then. Ugh. So what'd you think, <laughs> Wayne? Uh, they the character needs to go away and never come back. Yeah, but I, I it's actually better than some of the previous things he's been in, but that's not saying much. Yeah, I I I dislo- dislike this one rather a lot, and you know it, it's amazing to me that Jeff Johns can write you know Blackest Night number five. And, uh, you know, Green Lantern number 48 and then turn, churn out Adventure Comics number four. I, cause uh, this book was awful. Well, and the, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that the, the co-feature in the next issue, issue five is the continuation of the, the Superboy, 
storyline drawn by Francis Manupal. Uh-huh. Um, cause the Legion of Superheroes co-feature ended with this issue. Yeah. Um, I would probably skip number five and go straight to number six. Right. Except the fact that they're, you know, they're pulling me in because of that. Uh, because I hated issue four with a passion and yeah. I didn't even read the Legion co-feature. Wayne, did you read the Legion co-feature? No, nope, I just read the yeah. meme. <laughs> that is so sad. Not, none of us read that thing. <laughs> well, I, I gotta tell you, I, I disliked the story intensely. I disliked the art as well. Um, Ordway, Jerry Ordway. Well, and I normally like Jerry Ordway, but I think it was the uh, the inks that uh, that really hurt this book. It just it didn't seem finished, you yeah. know. The story was just very silly, and not just yeah. it was it was stupid. It was and Superboy Prime. I just I hate the character, and I I hate re, you know real world characters interacting with the comic book world. It's just it was silly. It was a very yeah. silly issue. DC is really shoving that down our throats that this is supposed to be our world and that he is the equivalent of a fan on their website. It, yeah, I don't like. It, yeah. It's it's amusing for one page. It is not something that I want to read an entire comic book about. I I just man, I just I really hated it, and the artwork did not serve the story at all. Uh, when you look at, I guess what what's so hard is the the fantastic artwork that we're getting in the the core Blackest Night books. The fantastic artwork that we have had up to now in Adventure Comics, and then you just get something that just seems really r- thrown together and, and not a lot of thought put into. Uh, the, Bob Wiacek did the inks on this one, and uh, Brian Busalato did the coloring, and I just thought both were horrible. I just thought they were horrible. And, and you know, like I said, I normally like Jerry Ordway's artwork. So. Yeah, I'm know, with they you. They might be using this to try to redeem the character, because I kind of got glimpses of that as I was reading through it. But yeah. I, I think so. I don't well, because I don't and, want to see the character anymore. And I kind of like Prime. I just don't like what they've done with him recently. You know, I, I and I think they should have left him off stage for a while. He is clearly a character that needs a little rest and bring him back later on, but he keeps popping up. Um, it's almost like they want him to have a, a monthly book. <laughs> you know, because I liked it. I liked his um, part in uh, Legion of Three Worlds. Yeah. And of yeah, course, yeah. Infinite Crisis. Absolutely, those um, are uh, two excellent series that that his character was well featured in, and was an appropriately you know intense character. But man, I just I don't like what they're doing with him right now. And it's basically, I think, what it, what makes the difference to me is Superboy Prime in the real world because those last couple of pages of Legion of Three Worlds, I felt were I felt were stupid, and you know this yeah. was an entire issue of that, and it's just you yeah. know you're right. I, it, I'm hoping. That the hints they're giving in this issue about him dying next issue, I hope that's true. I hope he dies. I'm, wow. I'm tired of the character. He served <laughs> his purpose. He can die now. Kill him. Kill him. Okay, so uh, Adventure Comics number four, a great big stinky loser. Um, Blackest Night, Justice League America number 39 came out. Was that this week's book or a last week book? That, that was, was a this week, week book. Okay. Yeah, it came with uh, the Red Lantern Ring, I think. That would explain why it was sold out in my shop. Ah. <laughs> yeah, because Blackest Night number um, five came with the Green Lantern ring. Justice League 39 came with the Red Lantern ring. And uh, luckily, my comic shop took pity on me and didn't make me buy Justice League to get the Red Lantern ring. Well, I think you missed out, Paul. Justice League was actually pretty good. Damn it. It was. <laughs> you, you remember uh, last time for uh, Justice League number 38, we had said it really felt like filler. Like it was a mm-hmm. it was a a, a space keeping book, you know, just to get you to the to the Blackest Night tie in. I'll tell you this this was actually pretty good. Now, Wayne, did you read this one? No, I said it was all sold out. It was when all I sold out. It up. I well, would have picked it up. 
it was actually very good. There, there are some really nice fight scenes between like Zaytana and her dead father, you know, who is brought back as a Black Lantern. The uh, the a, a a nice lead in to what will be the next issue with a with a fight between you know the current living Doctor Light versus the uh, rapist dead Doctor Light. <laughs> it was an awfully good book. I I, I rather enjoyed this thing. It, it was well illustrated. You know, it's got the Mark Bagley artwork on it. James Robinson is uh, doing the writing, and I liked this uh, from from uh, front to back. It was a good book. So, so how does his and his father's powers work? Because if it's the same as hers, couldn't he just say, I want their hearts backwards and have hearts pop out of people? Well, and, and that's essentially what their fight is. Because every time he casts a spell, she's having to uncast his spell. And so it, they're really kind of deadlocked. And, you know, it's them uh, kind of you know fighting each other to a standstill. But it was neat. I mean, it's several pages of that just very well laid out. And, you know, James Robinson's one of my favorite comic book writers, and he just does an, an outstanding job on this, particularly taking a really B-grade level team and making them interesting for this book. So I highly recommend it. I wonder why she hasn't thought to just say destroy their rings backwards. Yeah, you know, that's the that's the uh, the crux of every magical character, right? You know, it's <laughs> like they could just solve it just by flicking their wrists. But, Especially uh, her. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess uh, she's not that smart. Well, you know, she's spending all of her time, uh, you know, casting uh, recant, re- recant the spell, you know, backwards, you know. So it's part. So the uh, the Justice League is actually a three parter, not a two parter, like most of the tie-ins. Yeah, it was good. I recommend it. Now, oh, you, Paul, you read <laughs> Outsiders number twenty-four, which was also a Blackest Night book. I did, and that came out last week, not this week. Um, and I, I picked it up because it came with one of the rings, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been out of the outsiders loop for a little bit. I did pick it up when this new team started. Um, and I liked what I read. I just kind of, you know, didn't like it enough to not drop it. Uh, you know, when, when money saving came to town mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I picked up this issue and, you know, it doesn't really explain a lot about the characters. So if you're not familiar with the outsiders, this isn't a good introductory issue, but it is a good issue. If you're, if you like the team, um, I, I actually did enjoy it, you know, knowing who the characters were, uh, you know, there, there was some good, you know, some good fight scenes and appearance by Killer Croc, who I'm, I always like, and, uh, you know, some, some good stuff. I, I actually enjoyed it. Some good character moments. And I should expect that because it's written by Pete Tomasi, who is one of my favorite you know, writers for DC right now. Uh, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, definitely. You know, if you're, if you like the outsiders, pick it up. If you know the team, if you don't know the team and you're picking it up just for the ring, you know, I mean, I guess you can't really complain when the book sucks, right? <laughs> Who is the current team of outsiders? Geoforce, uh-huh. Katana, I uh-huh. think. Katana and, uh, uh, Owlman, Metamorpho, the creeper. And I forget the girl's name. Is her name Prism? The blonde girl? Yeah, Har. No, maybe it's Prism. She's the one that shoots uh, colored light. And oh, Violet. Character. I'm sorry. The only character the same as the last time I bought an issue was Metamorpho. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's an entirely new team. And you know what? What interests me about this is that um, when it started, it started in a special drawn by uh, Adam Kubert. You know, great art. Um, and the team was formed. It's a contingency plan that Batman set up, and Alfred is essentially the team leader. He's the one who formed the team and sends them out on their missions. Um, so I, I like seeing a different side of Alfred. He's not in this issue, but you know, I like that aspect of this team. So I, I think that's why I started picking it up because outsiders, you know, 
their entire run, you know, ever since they started with Dick Grayson has kind of been up and down. You know, I I liked everything up until uh, Batman Reborn started and they pulled out, you know, Batman's effect on the team. Yeah. I, I, I do not like the new direction of it. I, I picked it up for several issues and, and I've stopped picking up the Outsiders because I just don't care for it. It seems like the story's kind of off the rails. And I think that's the problem. They don't know what to do with it because, yeah. you know, you've got the Titans already and the Teen Titans, and this is a bunch of B-Gate great characters. Um, if it wasn't for Pete Tomasi's writing, there would be no point in this book. Yeah. Uh, it's just because Tomasi is such a good writer. But, you know, the characters are still B-Gate characters. They're never going to be, you know, A-Grade. Well, and, and I think they could be. I think I think a, a, an exceptional writer can turn that book around. I think that the the issues with Nightwing – you know, and I guess that was a previous volume, uh, are terrific, terrific, you know, uh, series of books. I just really enjoy those. Um, I even enjoyed Batman's return to the book, but once, you know, Batman left and Alfred came on and I was really expecting to like that. I just didn't, the, the stories just never went anywhere, you know, and, and, I, I, and I think a lot of that's got to do with Blackest Night. I, I mean, I think they, I, I do think they should have tried to keep it separate from Blackest Night to continue keeping their story on track. Yeah, I mean, it's – I see, I like the Alfred aspect of it, uh, I, but I, I see what you're saying. The book does feel a little lost, and that's why I said, you know, even though I like the concept, I haven't been picking it up for at least five issues now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I only picked this one up for the ring, you know, and I'm not going to pick up the next issue because it doesn't come with the ring. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a bad book. It's – just not good enough to collect, I guess. Not Paul is all about the bling. <laughs> I am. Like, that's my ring. <laughs> well, uh, I think that uh, wraps up our Blackest Night update for this week. So let's move right on into the big Batman update, kicking off with Detective Comics number 859. And I don't think we have to say much on this, Paul, other than it's an outstanding book. Yeah, it is still outstanding. And I, I, I'm glad I did not drop... Detective Comics after the first run because yeah. I was really going to. Uh, not that I disliked the first run, you know, it, it was okay. And I think you said kinda, that it, that you weren't connecting with the story. Yeah, I wasn't connecting with the story, and the main reason I kept picking it up was because I loved the Question Co. feature. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, I still love the Question Co. feature, uh, but I also love the main feature. Now I love the main feature for this second storyline. Now, Wayne, did you read this one? Nope. Actually, he pretty much just echoed me, except I did stop after the first arc. Ah. Well, you know, this issue spends a little bit more time uh, in the past. You know, uh, it's a seven years ago storyline. You know, like we said last time, the artist, uh, J.H. Williams III, is changing his style to reflect, you know, the stories that are occurring in the past versus the stories that are present day. And the present day stories are all very, you know, painted and and just gorgeous. And then he has this very simple uh, line style for the the, uh, recollected uh, portions of the story. And It's very reminiscent of Batman Year One. Yeah. Uh, Matt Shelley, I think, was the guy's name. Yeah. Matt Shelley. Yeah, and the, the, uh, the artwork, it just serves the story so well. You know, I, I, it is rare that you see, you know, the artwork matching the story in, in such, you know, perfect harmony, but I, I really do think that it matches so well. Um, a lot of the, what this story takes place is in, uh, our hero is in her days at West Point. You know, there's a, there's a don't ask, don't tell kind of issue that occurs there. And, you know, she is discharged from, from the army. It, it 
I, I, I just, I thought the story was very well handled. It was, you know, it was a little poignant. It was, uh, explains a lot about her character. I, I really liked it. I'm just, I'm just gushing over how, how well the story was put together. Now, I will say my, what I like about this story is that flashback aspect to it. Whenever it flash, whenever it goes back to the present, and you've got the animal people. Yeah, it's, it's not the Book of Blood. What is that? The black the 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 uh, crime Bible. The crime Bible, and yeah. you've got the crime Bible stuff. Yeah, I, I just kind of want to skip those pages. Oh, they, I they literally hold no interest to me. I will agree. I found the present day stuff less interesting than the uh, the past. And, I, but honestly, after this storyline, I don't know if I'll stick with it because it, they'll you know they'll go entirely into the present day, and again, that stuff just isn't. Yeah. Isn't piquing my interest. The the last page where, where where you can tell she's kind of inspired to become the Batwoman is her first encounter with Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I it's just there are no there are no words on that page showing you what she's seeing and how she's feeling about it. And I, I just very well done, very well done. I agree. And, I agree. and again, the co feature rocked out. But you know what wasn't as well done? Uh oh, what's that? You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the preview for Batman Doc Savage, uh-huh. uh, the beginning of the first wave storyline. Yeah. Um, this is written by Brian Azzarello uh, with art by Phil Noto, and you took a real issue with the art by Phil Noto. Yes, I did. Um, now, the preview had no words in it. It was entirely art. Right. Um, yep. So I picked up the actual special. I think it actually came out two weeks ago, but I just picked it up this week um, because my comic shop sold out. And uh, so they, they got their reorders in. I hated this book. <laughs> I Did you really? Hated it with a passion. And the art, you know, the art, I can deal with the art. Um, it, it's uh, it's uneven, but, you know, I can deal with it. You know, Azzarello, sometimes I like his stuff. Sometimes I doesn't. I doesn't. You should be goodly. I should be goodly. Sometimes I don't. Uh, this is one of those times where I don't. I hated the f bomb out of this book, um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it pisses me off though because they have a preview at the back for the first wave, which is what this is the start of, uh-huh. uh, which is written by Brian Azzarello with artwork by Rags Morales, um, and it features the Batman, Doc Savage, uh, the Spirit, Justice Incorporated, and a lot of these classic pulp characters, Black Canary, um, the Blackhawks, and I'll tell you, damn, the art by Rags Morales is beautiful. I it makes me want to buy the book, but I just I, I can't. It, this was so bad. Yeah, this was such a bad start to that. I, I hated it with every. What particularly was me. bad about it was it the actual story itself, how the characters were treated. It, is there any a, one it, that you can point to? You know, th- that's uh, you're right. I should you know this is a review show. I can't just say it's a piece of shit. And not give an <laughs> oh no, you, you can, but go ahead. <laughs> um, you know the the dialogue was very poorly written. And, you know, Azzarello does that a lot sometimes. You know, his dialogue can be choppy because he's trying to make it sound natural. Um, but ultimately, it just ends up being choppy. So there are t- entire pages worth of conversations that literally make no sense to me because it's a lot of half statements and interruptions and it, it, it doesn't flow. Uh, it, you know, like if I was talking about something, if I was talking about this book and Aaron interrupted by saying cheesecake is great. Those are like the <laughs> conversations that are in this book. You know, it's cheesecake is great. <laughs> in fact I, I will read an explanation uh, here's a, a page okay uh batman's reading the newspaper and you know it says it talks about doc savage who wages war on batman okay and alfred walks up and this is literally the start of the conversation 
I'm surprised that you are, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm interruption. Angry? That's no surprise to me. I brought you a steak. What? (laughs) That's the conversation. I'm surprised that you are. I'm not surprised. I'm angry. I brought you a steak. I mean, that, and the, the entire book is like that. These disjointed conversations and, you know, I like cheesecake and, you know, things like that. It's, and the storyline is very odd to begin with. You know, Doc Savage, you know, he wages war on Batman because he thinks Batman committed a murder. Now, keep in mind, Batman in this book has guns and apparently he still doesn't murder people. Okay. So, you know, Doc Savage is like, I'm going to find the murderer of Batman. And then what he's does like, he do? Oh, Shoot him with happy, shiny, non-killy bullets? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like They're... the Phantom movie. You know, he's got the guns, but he just kind of misses. They're I guess. bat bullets. He meets Batman. They fight a little bit. And then he's like, oh, wait, Batman didn't commit the murder. And then Doc Savage is like, join me. And Batman's like, no. The the back storyline to it, like who actually committed the murder? I, I, I don't know who actually committed the murder. I don't know if that's like an <laughs> ongoing thing or if I'm not supposed to care. I'm just supposed to care that Batman didn't do it, even though we know that. It, it was just, it, I think, the, the, you know, though the art is an issue, I think the main problem with the book is the writing. Um, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Well, you know, it it, it, it's funny that you say that, Paul, because – you know, I didn't pick this book up and I had been reading reviews about it and every single review I have read has either been a rave or an, or a very positive one. So like, you know, on a, on a, on a set of one out of 10, it would get an 8.5, which in my book is a pretty darn good book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, or out of, you know, uh, uh, out of five stars, it got three and a half, which again, that's a pretty good book. Yours is the first comment of anybody I know who's read it. Who didn't like it? I mean, even on Twitter, I was seeing guys going, oh, yeah, I picked up Doc Savage Batman. It's excellent. You know, and I'm like, God, am I going to have to pick this damn thing up? So I'm so thrilled, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> that, that you have told me that you didn't like it. Because, you know, reading that preview or looking at that preview, it just looked like crap to me. Yeah, and it was five here. bucks. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, five bucks of my 60 bucks. We're spent on this piece of crap. I, you know, and I didn't pick it up when it first came out. I had him order me a copy so that I could read it because I was so interested in it. Damn yeah, it. Yeah, when he, when it came out, I looked at it on the shelf. I glanced through it. You know, I was going to give it one last chance to catch me, and it just couldn't do it. After hearing this, I'm glad it did. Yeah, wow. I, I really did not care for it. If you like Azarello's writing, and you know what's sad? I like 100 Bullets. I, I've liked Azarello's run on Batman um, previously. But some of his other stuff, like Death Blow, I didn't um, like his run on Superman. Oh, and his run on Superman. This, you know, this is as bad as that. I mean, that run on Superman was garbage. Was awful. Was awful. Yeah. Yeah. I almost picked it up. They had the Absolute Edition, and I almost picked it up specifically for the Jim Lee art, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, the Jim Lee art is really pretty, but it does not redeem that story. Yeah. When the story is so bad that Jim Lee art can't save it. Yeah, that's a know. pretty. That's a pretty bad story. Yeah, and that's how much I did not enjoy the Batman Doc Savage special. Yeah, but then again, there are people who like the Superman for tomorrow. You know. So. Okay, so let, let's cleanse our palate because you know I, I think that we're we're universally agreed. Even the two of us who didn't buy it agree <laughs> 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 that that book was crap. But uh, Wayne, you read uh, Arkham Reborn. Yeah, I am really enjoying this book. This was uh, part two of three. When it comes out in trade paperback, I'm enjoying it enough that I'll probably pick up the trade too. Yeah. Uh, and did you read the uh, the prequel or I guess the the introductory storyline during Battle for the Cow? I read Battle for the Cow, but no, I didn't read any of the 
the extra tie-ins they did. Yeah, the, so there was I, a tie-in issue that led into this series. I came straight into it after playing uh, Arkham Asylum on the PS3, and it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, here's an Arkham book. The uh, I didn't care for the cover art, so I passed it up the first week. Second week, I actually picked it up and started flipping through it, and the interior art is great. The interior art's great on the second issue as well. Uh, no Batman yet, which is perfectly fine. This isn't a Batman story. This is a Arkham Asylum story and focusing on a couple of the villains. I mean, the writing is really good. I, I couldn't be happier with this title. And I, I had spoken a couple of it weeks ago about issue one and how much I enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of upset that I missed on issue two. I'll have to pick it up. Uh, I'll have to go out and pick it up next week when I go to the store because I, I really enjoyed issue one and I really enjoyed the battle for the Cal tie-in issue. Yeah, issue two is just more of the same cerebral stuff we're seeing in the first issue, getting into the head of some of these villains. So highly recommend it. Wow. Highly recommend it's it's good that we could follow up uh, Batman Doc Savage with something good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that, I've read a couple of good Batman books this week. Oh, really, Paul? Tell us about them. <laughs> I read. Uh... <laughs> oh, that sounded natural. Yeah. <laughs> I also spoke about two books a couple of weeks ago. I guess it would be a month ago now, right? Um, Batman Confidential number thirty-six. I spoke about and Batman Streets of Gotham number five. Um, now the second parts of both of those feet, uh, both of those storylines came out this week. Uh, Batman Confidential number 37 by Royal McGraw with art by Marcos Mars is the second part of the Black Hawk Down storyline that features ghost ships from the, you know, the Black Hawk days and Lady Black Hawk and the body of Black Hawk has been dug out of his grave. I still love the hell out of this book. I highly recommend it. It's only a three part storyline. I think uh, 36, 37, and 38. If you, if it, you know, if you can get it, you know, pick it up. Otherwise, pick it up and trade. This is damn good Batman storytelling. I, I absolutely love it. I was a big fan of Black of the Blackhawk character, um, and so I won't ruin what they do in this book. But I highly recommend it. Again, I mean, I, the, the the art is absolutely gorgeous. It, it it really does remind me a little bit of John Cassidy's stuff. So it's very strong, you know, very strong art, beautiful book, good writing, highly recommended. So I haven't read this storyline, but one of the things I really like about this particular book is that you can jump in through various storylines. If one storyline catches your attention, you can grab it without having to have read the previous one. It's not really a building continuity that where you can miss a storyline without worrying about not understanding what's happening next. Exactly. It's not like Batman Superman, which is kind of out of continuity, but if you miss a storyline, it still ties into the next storyline. This is literally like different Batman miniseries that have nothing yeah. to do with each other. Um, I've really liked some of them. I mean, like I bounce in and out of the title because I can't. Yeah, and this is this is definitely a storyline to bounce in for. It's like I said, it's only three issues and it's it's damn good. And it again, I only have to read these three issues and if number thirty nine doesn't look interesting, I don't need to buy it without missing anything. Um, now, Batman Streets of Gotham, uh, I talked about issue five, which featured the Huntress versus Man Bat. Uh, and it was written by Chris Yost, who writes Red Robin, with art by Dustin Wynn, who's the regular series artist and whose art I love. I'm always talking about how good it is. I did not like the first part of the storyline. And so I really hesitated to pick up the second part of the storyline. The only reason I picked it up is because I love Dustin Wynn that much. The second part of the storyline redeems the first part. It's that good. I really enjoyed it. So if you, if you like, I mean, if you've been picking up Streets of Gotham, I don't need to tell you to pick it up. If you're not picking it up, you're not going to miss much by not picking it up. Um, it's typically written by Paul Dini with art by Dustin Wynn, who they were the team who did 
Detective Comics prior to this, prior to the whole Battle for the Cal thing. And I loved their stuff then. I'm still loving their stuff. And like I said, I'm just glad issue six was good, so I didn't have to drop the book. So another four bucks out of my pocket every month. But well, I'm glad. But it's a four bucks well spent. Well, a uh, another on the border of being a bat book is World's Finest number two, which uh, guest stars uh, Robin and uh, or not guest stars, but features Robin as well as Guardian from the Superman book. So that explains the Superman Batman logo on the world's finest title. This is a issue two of a four issue miniseries. And uh, previously we had said that uh, world's finest number one was kind of a surprise. You know, DC hadn't promoted it very much. And, you know, we wound up liking world's finest number one, a great deal. Now, Paul, did you read this one? I did. How about you, Wayne? I didn't. I grabbed it. I flipped through it. I saw that it had guardian who I've never been a big fan of. Uh And I really hate Damien. Yeah. So at that point, I put it back down. So I've seen everything I need to know about this issue. And so, Paul, what did you think? Well, a quick question before I give my thoughts. Uh huh. Did they switch the artist for this book? Yeah. Because the art in the first issue was very good. Yeah. And the art in this is by Ramon Box, who did Red Robin. And Uh I don't remember the art in the first issue being this bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't remember the the, the issue from the artwork from the first issue sucking quite so hard. (laughs) Story-wise, it's not bad. You know, Sterling Gates has a lot to overcome because I don't like this Robin. And I really don't give a crap about the the Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But otherwise, you know, (laughs) despite the fact that I didn't like the characters and I didn't like (laughs) the art, it's actually not a bad issue. Oh, see, I completely disagree with you. (laughs) Because (laughs) I can't stand Robin. I can't stand Guardian, and I couldn't stand this book. Really? I hated this thing all the way through. When I cracked the cover, this was actually, uh, after I read Blackest Night, this was, uh, after I read Green Lantern 48, after I got through all of our Blackest Night titles we talked about today, this was the next book that I read, because I was so looking forward to it. Because, you know, book one was such a surprise. And this was also a surprise, but not in the good way. (laughs) This was really a bad book. I, you know what's kind of funny? We all hated the characters. We all hated the art. But we have three different reactions to the book. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. Yeah. Um, the art know. in the first issue was by Julian Lopez, Paul. And it was very strong. I, I, I liked that very much. And, you know, this is second issue. I will say it is a severe drop in quality from the first issue. Oh, yeah. Terribly so. Um, if issue three is by Ramon Box again, I will probably not buy it. Well, you know, it's surprising to me that they switched artists on a uh, four issue miniseries. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to have enough lead time. Well, it looks like they're going to have a different artist for each book because I'm looking at uh, uh, issue three, and they're going to have a cover by Phil Noto with interior art by Jamal Eagley, I G L E. And he's good. He he drawed drawed. He drawed. My wow. God, what, what is up with me today? Wow, you, uh, you got a lot of that fancy book learning in you, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he drew um, Supergirl for a while. Yeah. Well, and uh, that that would make sense because uh, the next issue features Supergirl and Batgirl, and Batgirl, of course, is a is a uh, character for which uh, Wayne's a big fan. Yeah. So, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe the artist has something to do with the characters because maybe Julian Lopez had something to do with Nightwing or, um, I don't remember who the guest star in the first issue was, the, the Superman or the Batman character. It was, uh, Red Robin. 
Red Robin. I really look forward to the next issue because I I love the Batgirl character. Mm-hmm. I love Supergirl's character, and I don't like either of their books too much right now. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like I said last time, I'm enjoying Batgirl, but it's because I like the character, not because it's a good book. Well, you know, the only page in this book that I thought was interesting was the very last page. And that is the uh, page where uh, Toy Man is building his his giant uh, Superman Batman robot. Now that is actually a tie-in to the Superman Batman series from Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. Uh huh. Um, that they did the movie, the recent animated movie of Superman Batman Public Enemies. Uh huh. That's the robot from there that was built by the uh, Kid Toy Man. There's, oh, okay. there's a Kid Toy Man, um, uh, like a, a I don't remember his name. Um, hero, I think, or no, that can't be hero. Anyway, the point is, he built this robot, and now I guess the real Toy Man is rebuilding the robot, but making it evil. And looking at the series, issue four actually has Superman and Dick Grayson Batman teaming up, which pisses me off because that means I'm probably going to buy it. <laughs> so I'm, I might as well buy issue three. Yeah. But, uh, issue well, two was very bad. Well, I, like Wayne, I'm looking forward to number three. Uh, but I got to tell you, number two was just grossly disappointing. I really just I, I don't know why. I don't know why DC is pushing Guardian so hard right now. You know, he he is in World's Finest. He is in uh, this week's Cry for Justice. I think he's going to be in the new Justice League. Um, I'm not sure why they're elevating his character so much when he's just really not a very interesting character. Yeah, he's never been that interesting. Yeah, ever. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, and it's not just him. The fact no, Damian, it is just him. It no, is I mean just. Damian. No, I mean Damian sucks too. The Damian Robin, I, I do not like. Um, I, I I'm looking forward to Batman coming back. Uh huh. I hope Damian is not still Robin when he does. Yeah. If you know, yeah. if we could have another one of those call-in lines that kills a Robin, uh, I, I could get behind that. You know, if they want to come out with one of those, you know, one nine hundred numbers, and we can all vote to ha- have Joker beat him to death with with a with a with a with a, uh, with a pipe, that would be great. No, that's too easy of a decision. I think what they need to do is the call in line to kill either Superboy Prime or Robin. Make Ooh. it tough on Oh, no. Let's make it a trifecta to kill Superboy Prime, Robin, and the Guardian. Let's go ahead and kill all of them at time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think, I think that idea's got legs. <laughs> yeah. DC, call us. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. so, uh, you know, I, we, apparently we're a little mixed. Paul found some redeeming qualities in World's Finest number two. Uh, I, I feel like it, it robbed my youth. Um, but something else came out this week that was much anticipated, and that's the giant size Thor finale. This is wrapping up uh, J. Michael Straczynski's heroic run on this title. And, uh, Paul, you've been playing catch-up on Thor. Yeah, it's it, it's been so long since this issue, um, you know, since the last issue uh, came out, issue 603, I think, of Thor, um, that I had time to read every issue of J. Michael Straczynski's <laughs> run before the finale came out. And I have loved every issue. It has been absolutely an amazing run. On the title, uh, much better, obviously, than his run on Spider-Man, which was garbage. Yeah. But there's a but. Yeah. I, I, you know, just like we said, this could, you know, this episode could be too many damn comics part two. Uh huh. I think that we could also, I, I would venture to say, I could call it Giant Size Disappointment Part Two as well. Yeah, I agree. Nice. Uh, now, Wayne, did you read this one? No, I didn't. I really enjoyed his run on Thor as it started, but uh-huh. 
it got to the point where it wasn't one of my top books, and yeah. when I wanted to cut stuff down, it got cut out. I'll probably come back on trade, but I did flip, I did flip through it, and I saw the the reprint in the back, and it's like tempted, but I'm not spending money on another reprint. Yeah, I was disappointed in a couple of uh, in a couple of areas, and and Paul, you you chime in here, okay? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that really characterized this run on on Thor was that the story was always just Johnny on it, and the artwork was always stellar. And the artwork seems very phoned in on this one. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, Marco Jurjevic doing the pencils, and you've got a team of three guys doing the inks: Danny Miki, Alan Martinez, and Marco Jurjevic. You can really tell. When Marco's doing his own inks, because there's only really one page in here that stands out as awesome. And that is the page where Thor first appears in the book. And, you know, you look at that and there's, oh, yeah, the whole book should have looked like that. But the rest of the book does not look good. You know, and I do want to comment on the art. They list three inkers inside the book, right? Uh-huh. There's Miki Martinez and they put and Marco Georgievic. Yeah, that's an actual that's actually misprinted, I think, because on the cover, it says Kevic. Georgievic. Yeah. Who I yeah. guess is his brother. And I'm assuming maybe that's the guy who did the inks and they put Marco Georgievic in set. I Possibly. don't know. Because I don't see Kevic mentioned anywhere in here. The story, meh. It seemed rushed. You I, know, I, I think this issue, I think my problem with this is that it felt like Thor number 604. Yeah. It, there's no sense of real finality to it. A, a main character dies. But other than that, there's nothing else is really finalized. What I, I don't get... There's a couple of things I don't get about this book. One, you know, is, is, you know, it was branded as wrapping up, you know, the, the JMS run on the book. And it really doesn't. We are still left with a, with a bunch of story elements that are going to continue on, which is great. It's a series book and the story elements should carry on. But that's something he's done in previous runs, though. I think he likes to leave a lot of things out there for the next author to pick up with and run. And, and I, I think that's great. I, I think that's what writers should do. It shouldn't all be buttoned up at the end. There are, that you should be, you know, building foundations for future stories. My, my complaint about it is that this is outside the regular regular weekly book. You know, this is a, a giant size Thor finale. It didn't need to be giant size. It could have just been, you know, issue six oh whatever um in that series with the next book picking up with the new writer. I don't see why this needed to be giant size. I don't see why I needed to spend, you know, an extra buck on this book. You mean the reprint in the back didn't win it over for you? Well, you know, they have a reprint in the back and they also have preview pages from the uh, new book, you know, from issue what, six oh four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and those pages are very pretty, but I have to tell you, they reveal a uh, a key element that answers a key element out of Giant Size Number One in Six Hundred Four. So I'm like, you know, one of the reasons that I'd want to pick up Six Hundred Four is to find out how this plays out. Well, they tell you in these preview pages. Not really sure I'm going to pick up Six Hundred Four now. I will say, you know, the the, the issue Six Hundred Four by the new team of Kieran Gillen and uh, Billy Tan. You're right. The art looks pretty. I don't think that. That was the way Drain Michael Straczynski was going with the storyline. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a major, I'm going to just say there's a major character death revealed in the preview pages, and it seems totally contrary to what J. Michael Straczynski was building up to. Yeah. I mean, it, well, and again, you know, it's a huge build, which is a nice build in, you know, the, the core part of the story in Giant Size Thor Finale that goes nowhere in the preview pages of 604 is just abruptly ended because yeah. of the character's death. And I'm just like, you know what? 
really? <laughs> you know, it's like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not the way they intended to resolve that storyline within the yeah. first six pages of the next issue. Yeah, I, I think I, it's a mistake to what they previewed. Um, you know, I was able to wrap my head around the the reprint. You know, it still irritates me, but I'm irritated even more that this was branded as such a special issue and it really wasn't special at all. No. And in fact, I would venture to say of the run of J. Michael Straczynski, it's probably one of the weakest issues of the entire run. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I, it, it seemed the, the inks and the colors seemed rushed. I, I think that it's a real tell when you've got three different inkers working on the book. Um, I, I think that, you know, maybe Georgievic got his pages in late and so they were just rushing to get this thing done. But, you know, they, they, they delayed bringing Thor into the book, you know, until just the last couple of pages. And I think that's kind of a mistake when Thor has been in all of these stories all along. You know, I yeah. I mean, it, you can delay bringing the hero in at the beginning of the story for the big reveal, but how many times have we seen Donald Blake strike his cane and turn into Thor? That is no longer a big heroic sort of scene. You know, it, it, that, that's just fundamental to the character now. But yet they built it all and, you know, spent their time and efforts in making that page the best page of the book when, you know, maybe it would have been better to do that earlier on. Yeah, I, I, I am sorry to say that this was a disappointment because yeah. I was because I picked up every issue of this this line and I loved it so much. Yeah. I mean, this book has been so great. I was really looking forward to this finale and it, it was such a disappointment for me. It really was. Giant size disappointment part two. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we're going to get back to good giant sizes. I can't remember the last one at this point that was actually good. Was it uh, Astonishing X-Men number one, the, uh, the, the Joss Whedon book? That probably it. Because that was actually a really good one. It was this is the last one I can remember, and that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, very disappointing. Moving from Thor finale number one to Ultimate Avengers number four. Now, Paul, you stopped picking up this book. I did. Uh, I think was issue three my last, or was issue two? I, my I think last? it was issue three because that was the one that you and Jonathan had read, and you you both had some rather negative comments to make about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't read it yet, so I picked it up, you know, following that because you know somehow it didn't make it on my pull. I read number three. I did not have the same uh, response to number three that you got. Guys had. In fact, I kind of like number three, so I picked up number four. Now, Wayne, well, you read no book. accounting for taste. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wayne, you read number four, right? Yep. Which I am wondering why I keep buying this book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were a few things I liked in it, but for the most part, it's just one big cap fight from beginning to end, which isn't always a bad thing, mm-hmm. but. Captain America does not use kindergarten children as a shield. Well, he does in the Ultimate Universe. That That is true, apparently. <laughs> I would not have said that was true before this issue, but now I have evidence staring at me right now saying that the Ultimate Captain America does use kindergarten children as a shield. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry I missed that one, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that I struggled with on this book is that I, I had to keep flipping back to the title page, you know, to the cover to see what I was reading. Cause it kept feel, feeling, feeling like I was reading an ultimate Captain America book. Yeah. You know, cause it was so much about Captain America as all of these books have been. I, I'm not, I don't feel like the story is working on all beats. Uh, you know, John and, and, uh, Paul complained that, uh, the characters aren't represented in ways that we have seen them represented previously. You know, that they're, they're darker than they have been. Help me out here, Paul. What else were you saying about it? You're saying that, uh, you know, there was, there was the line where, uh, Nick Fury was talking about, you know, the guy's disreputable, the guy's dishonest, kind of just the kind of guy I like to work with. 
Yeah, and which is totally... Honestly, not only is are none of the characters likable that we felt, but it it felt like Ultimate Avengers three. Like the characters all changed from what we knew in Ultimates Volume two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it seemed like they you know they had built up these characters in Ultimates one and two, and including the fact of making Captain America a good guy. You know, Nick Fury. You know, this smart guy. You know, all this stuff had been created, and it felt like Ultimate Avengers three was just a departure from it. And the characters were even more unlikable than before. There was just nothing redeeming for us to like about the book other than pretty art. Uh, but the story we felt was just that bad. Yeah, this issue so, seemed to be all about just showing how awesome in combat Captain America is. That's yeah. the whole point of this issue. Yeah, I agree. It, it, the, the, the whole idea is to show that he can beat anybody at any time. Unless, of course, you know they, they knock him into the water and electrify the water. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you think of the book, Aaron? Did you like it? You're, you are remaining silent on your opinion. I have to say, I, I think the book has a lot of problems. I am enjoying it, though. Um, I enjoyed issue three. Um, I... I I, I get a, I, I really enjoy the uh, the Iron Man character that's in the book. I'm enjoying it. I, it's not a great book, and it's almost I, I, I feel like it's a guilty pleasure. I kind of got a kick out of you know this dark Captain America who does use kindergarten children as a shield. I mean that's what I would do. <laughs> what would Aaron do? He'd use kindergarten children as as a shield. You know, I got my hopes up with all this smart Hulk stuff on here, as they call him Nerd Hulk. Yeah, I was expecting him to go somewhere along the lines of like the Professor from the old Peter David run, and right. no, he's two pages. He's defeated. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I do have a question. Uh, did they reveal who the Spider Man was? No, no, ah. they didn't have time for any real for moving the story on yeah. at all. This was it really, really three quarters of this fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Wayne really didn't like it. Wayne, are you sticking around for issue five? Probably. <laughs> I don't know why. It's on my pull. I always hate going in and saying pull something off the list. Yeah, that it's is a lot hard. to drop a book that I'm just grabbing off the shelf. But yeah. Well, and I've got enough guilty pleasures. So <laughs> <laughs> now a book that I really enjoyed this week. Um, and it was the book I read right after the stunning disappointment of uh, World's Finest number two was uh, Spider Woman number three by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev, which continues to just be wonderful. Everything that I said last time, just you know, copy and paste that in here because this book is just great. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, you know, the fact that uh, uh, Alex Maleev is getting to do his own uh, coloring. On this book really shows because really after seeing this, I, I agree with Bendis. Nobody should be coloring Malieve but Malieve. He just has done a beautiful and wondrous job on uh, laying these out. The colors work so well and really creates a, a strong uh, mood, a really dark mood in the book, which is appropriate to a character like Spider-Woman who's coming back from from all the awful and terrible things that have happened to her. This is an outstanding book on par with uh, Bendis' run on Alias and the Pulse. Highly recommended. Got to be reading this book. And I'm well, judging you because you're not. You <laughs> yeah. I'll pick it up in trade because I'm curious about it. Um, but, you know, Spider-Woman was in another book this week. Uh, and that was uh, New Avengers. I saw that on the on the the rack, and I thumbed through it, and it looked really good. But, you know, I, I was already – you know, hip deep in comics. And so I, I did not pick that one up. 
So you saw her rack and you still turned it down. <laughs> that is true. That Isn't is that what you just said? I think that's exactly what I just said. Thanks for clarifying that, Paul. <laughs> well, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, I've been trying to catch up on my new Avengers because I loved the title, but I dropped it when Dark Reign started. Um, and I've picked up the two trades that have happened since then, which are Power and the Search for the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, which led into Dr. Voodoo. And I think there were four or five issues after it. And now there was this issue. Um, and the main reason I picked up this issue is, you know, not only am I trying to get back into the title, but I was excited about it because it's Spider-Man and Spider-Woman. The promo for the books was called Date Night. They called the book Date Night, right? Um, and, you know, it said, oh, Spider-Man and Spider-Woman haven't had a lot of time alone lately, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh. So there's going to be like a little romance thing with Spider-Man and Spider-Woman. And I, I thought that would be interesting, you know, because Peter Parker's single now because of the devil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're not talking about Mephisto either. No, no, yeah. Uh, but so I picked up the book and damn it. What, what a misleading advertisement and cover. They are not alone in a single panel of this book. There has, this has nothing to do with date night. There's no romance. This is totally um, Luke Cage has had a heart attack and he's been taken into custody by Norman Osborn and the new Avengers along with their friends. Um, so there's a lot of guest stars in this book. There's Dr. Voodoo, Dr. Strange, Daredevil, uh, the thing, Iron Fist, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of characters. Basically, Storm, um, both the Avengers Initiative campgrounds and um, Avengers Tower uh, to basically get Luke Cage back. And it, while it's a good book and the art by Stuart Imonen is very good, it's totally different than what I was expecting. I was expecting some date night with Spider-Man and Spider-Woman. And <laughs> there, there is nothing like that anywhere in this book. I was... I was disappointed in that regard, um, but it is a good book. I just wish they had advertised it more appropriately. And maybe they just saw the cover. Maybe they had the cover, some type of stock art somewhere. <laughs> and they said, well, let's use that as the cover. And they just kind of came up with some type of preview, you know, some type of, uh, you know, solicitation for it, not reading the book, or maybe the book hadn't been written yet. I don't know. Literally, it's like the, the preview, the solicitation, and the cover art had nothing to do with the book. That's just very odd. Speaking but, of Dr. Voodoo, is he a regular character in that book? He is not. He was just a guest star in this book. Okay. Um, it would be great to see him on, and I would venture to say we will probably see either him or Dr. Strange when Avengers proper finally comes out, you know, after a siege. Uh, I, I would on, venture to say they will be in there. Based on the events of the Avengers Initiative this, this, this week, uh, Nightmare is coming after the new Sorcerer Supreme. Whatever book he's in, whether it's going to be his regular title or a guest star here, I would expect that to happen pretty soon. Well, actually, in Doctor Voodoo, was it number two? Nightmare appears on the last page. Okay, the two must have tied in together pretty closely then. Hmm, that's interesting because I, di I didn't realize that, but I'm not going to read Avengers: The Initiative. <laughs> it actually is one of the. As far as I'm concerned, it's one of the better books Marvel's putting out right now. Really? And really? it has been since the beginning. I mean, I when it initially came out, I didn't think it was going to be very good because I wasn't getting into the whole initiative thing. And there is just something about the writing. The team is, has changed quite a bit. The uh, The characters are not characters I would have ever imagined liking, but 
consistently, month after month. It's top-notch writing. Uh, and, you know, Marvel, some of the... They, they definitely have some some titles that you wouldn't expect to be great, and they, they're some of their best. Um, and I'm going to talk about this next week on the show with uh, Marvel Boy Jonathan. Um, Secret Warriors is probably one of my favorite titles, period, right now. And, you know, and I, I had no I, reason to pick it up, and I just picked it up on a sale one time, and great book. Absolutely stupendous book. But New Avengers, not bad. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, but it's it, not bad, so it, that's you shouldn't be sorry to hear that. Well, I'm sorry to hear that it that it wasn't that it didn't you know rock your socks. It didn't. It, it did not have the romance I was expecting. I need more romance in my comics, Aaron. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Amazing Spider-Man: The Gauntlet, the book you've been waiting for. That's right, because you know Spider-Man was in New Avengers, um, but last week, um, Amazing Spider-Man: The Gauntlet started, which is the re-envisioning of all of Spider-Man's classic villains. Um, on the cover of the first issue, you can see they're going to have um, Electro, Sandman, Mysterio, Rhino, Craven. Uh, um, so a couple of characters are going to be here. And the first storyline involves Electro. Uh, issue one came out last week. Issue two came out this week. I did not pick up issue two. If that Ooh, has I anything, like. if that says anything about how much I disliked this storyline. <laughs> Wow. Well, I picked up issue two and didn't pick up one, and I won't pick up three. So <laughs> I think it's over here. You've got to get three. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 maybe we'll we'll just plan on Jonathan getting that one because I, I just can't do it. You know, because we were talking, I think, Wayne, last time you were on the show, about how we're missing out on some good Spider-Man action, on That's a book that feels like, like Spider-Man. That's why I picked this one up, because I am missing good Spider-Man stories. And I thought, okay, I will give this one more shot. And I picked it up, and it had its one more shot. It's done. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with Spider-Man for now. I really am. The the storyline, it doesn't feel like Spider-Man. It feels less like Spider-Man than Ultimate Spider-Man. You know, the art is atrocious. The art on it is very, like, it, it almost looks like a crime book, I think. And like I would expect to see art yeah. like this in a book like A Hundred Bullets or something like that, um, but the the way the guy draws Spider Man is awful. It, it's very like indie, like um, the guy who draws Madman. Yeah. Uh, anybody- yeah. Uh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Uh, that guy. <laughs> you know, it, like if if he was drawing Spider Man, he would look like this. Just very plain there's nothing majestic about it. It, it i just i really hated amazing spider-man the gauntlet and i hated it even more so because i was dying for this book to be good i really wanted this book to be good i love spider-man i love his villains i, I even like the electro book. and i hated him in this book yeah and it makes his story makes no sense here you know, I would venture to say, you know, and it, it's sad the because I, I, I'm not a big fan of Ultimate Spider-Man either. Um, but the best Spider-Man on the on the racks right now is Spider-Man in New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, I would uh, say the I, best Spider-Man book I'm enjoying right now is just a mini series though, and that's the Clone Saga. Oh, you did read that? How was that? I have been picking this one up since the uh, beginning because, like you guys, uh, my private shame is that I actually enjoyed a good portion of Clone Saga. I just <laughs> no. thought it went on too long. Yeah. And that's the point of this title, is they got some of the original creators to come back and basically tell the story the way they had wanted to. 
So, yes, there are a lot of clones in this issue, so that could be off-putting for a lot of people, but it is Peter in the time that I like him best. He's married to MJ. MJ is pregnant. Aunt May is in the hospital. Ben Riley is a major character through this all of the issues so far, and I love the Scarlet Spider. It's just been really a good throwback to that time without stretching it out. I I'm mean, so I'm I'm so glad to hear you you saying nice things about that book because I'm not picking it up in floppies. I'd I'd planned on picking it up in trade. And you know, Paul and I have lamented several times that you can't get the original clone series in trade. You know, there's nothing out there for you to have. No, and so far this one it's condensed nicely. I mean, you saw how long it took when they brought Ben back to get to the point where Ben takes over as Spider-Man for a period. Right. That happens in three issues here. Excellent. How long is that series? Six issues. Six issues? Great. So it is exactly halfway through now. Wow. I'm looking forward yeah. to reading that one. I am too. You know, and it's. I'm glad to hear that there's some good Spider-Man out there because, uh, like I said, I disliked the gauntlet so much. Get this. I almost went back and read the J. Michael Straczynski run on Spider-Man <laughs> just to see if that was any better because I, I hated it so much. I'm like, I need some Spider-Man because I love the character so much. There's got to be some good Spider-Man. And so I, I thought I'd give the J. Michael Straczynski run a try again. We'll see. You crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, switching gears over to the DC side of the fence, Justice League Cry for Justice number five uh, came out this week. <laughs> the jaw drop. That's, that's yeah. the word that comes to mind, jaw well, drop. And, you know, I didn't pay attention to the cover. You know, on the t- cover, it says love and dismemberment. I should have tuned into that dismemberment. <laughs> yeah, because there was no love. This, the cover was about as misleading as um, uh, New oh, yeah. Adventures. Yeah, the, the, the cover has all the love on it you're going to get, you know. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel and Supergirl do not kiss in this book. Spoiler warning. Yeah, exactly. But you do get to see some superheroes in bikinis, which is always nice. And, you know, you've got some nice talky parts between the, the two various Justice League teams that are, that are going on. Um, you do finally get to see uh, a representation of Batwoman in this book. Um, but there is a page. And, you know, Paul, you and I talk about this from time to time about the excellent placement of, of pages in books. Mm-hmm. You do not expect this to come. You do not expect, you know, as you're flipping, you know, as you're reading through the book, you don't expect to flip the page. And there's Roy Harper minus his arm. Saying, I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> That's just what pushed it over the edge for me, too. It was jumping <laughs> as it was. And then seeing him in shock yeah. say that line, I can't feel my fingers. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. Page. Yeah. Excellent page. But, you know, I will. And maybe I'm going to be the, uh, the dissenting voice here. That page saved the book for me. Because otherwise... I, I would probably not read issue six. I, I otherwise I really don't like the series. Really, I'm I'm not digging this cry for justice series. And if it wasn't for that page, I certainly would not be buying issue six. You know, it slow tie, slow issue until that page too. Well, and I, and I think that the that the dialogue, you know, because it is a very talky book. Um, I think that the the dialogue is important for the resolution of this story to lead into the ongoing Justice League monthly, and I think. That's kind of how they explain it, but I do agree there there is a pacing issue in the book. Yeah, and not only that, the there there the presentation of who the who was the person who took Roy's arm. Yeah, 
it felt very awkward, the reveal. Yeah, I agree with that as well. And the fact that's my only complaint about the book is, you know, the last page of the story where, you know, it reveals that it's, you know, Captain Marvel. We guess, you know. Yeah, there's no good. I mean, yeah, that was the reveal, but there's no. You don't see him like holding an arm or anything. I mean, exactly. Well, and my concern about it is when I read that, I'm like, well, is that a preview page for next issue? Is that, I mean, because you didn't get to see any of this. And I don't recall where the flash came from. You know, I, I went back into the book and said, well, was the flash in any of the other pages of this book? But it shows him, you know, laying unconscious on the, on the, on the deck next to, next to a uh, con gorilla. I, I'm I'm having a hard time with that. So that's a good point. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, was I was like, where the hell did the Flash come from? I mean, maybe he was on monitor duty or something, but you know, I'm not real sure why he's there. Um, so I I would have preferred a different end page. I know that's a teaser for next time, but we don't know that it's Captain Marvel who uh, removed uh, Roy's arm because uh, you're absolutely right. There's no blood on him. There's no arm in the picture. <laughs> and with all that blood, if someone would have... Yeah. I, I would think it's not going to be him. Yeah. Especially because well, I think it's going to be someone with claws based yeah, on all the rips we're seeing. Exactly, because he looks pretty torn up. He doesn't look like like you would if you were being pounded on by uh, Captain Marvel. You know what else I loved about that scene? Ollie's reaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it they was, did that really well. I mean, yeah. It, it was it was very strong. Those pages that followed uh, that reveal were very strong. I I, I dug it. I, I know Paul, you're uh, you're not enjoying this book as much as I am, but uh, I love it, and I'm gonna be damn it, I'm gonna be buying this thing in the hardcover when it comes out. Yeah, I, I got to go with him about this issue though. It was slow. It was the whole issue changed for me on that page. Yeah, I was not impressed until that page, and then that blew me away. Yeah. Well, I would it would venture to say the entire series changed for me on that page because I've spoken almost every issue that I'm like, ah, this might be my last issue. Ah, this, but I'm five <laughs> freaking issues in. And you, ha- and you have to stay in now. You have oh, to. Yeah, because now I want to. <laughs> but you know, I bet you the Roy stuff won't be resolved in this book. Uh, oh, I, I want to buy Titans to find out how he gets his arm back or if he quits. No, he's going to be that nifty one-armed, uh, one-armed uh, archer like in the Dark Knight books. Oh yeah, there. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also this week was Justice Society number thirty-three, which is uh, the big book that uh, uh, chronicles the split to give us two new teams. So we'll have the Justice Society of America continuing, and then a Justice Society All Stars. Now, am I the only one that read this one? No, I read it. Oh, what'd you think, Wayne? I am a big fan of the title, but to be honest, I was kind of disappointed in this issue. I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I, the, this story that we've had has just seemed very busy, but without a whole lot of meat to it. Yeah. And I keep expecting that, uh, you know, something great's going to happen. That's going to kind of redeem the previous issues. And, you know, I, I, I have a real hard time saying that because I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the way they're written. I'm just not enjoying the story. Yeah, I've actually had that problem with Justice Society on this run before. Yeah, one of the earlier storylines that I ran into that, and it just it lasted so long. Yeah. Their storylines are much longer than a lot of other titles. So yeah. if you get in one you don't like, you're stuck in it for a while. For a while, well, you know, they're old, so it takes them a little while to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, oh. I was I was annoyed with their other their twist about who the traitor is. 
I was happy with what they had revealed last issue. Mm-hmm. I was perfectly happy with it. I thought that was great. They make a completely unlikable character. Here's your traitor. And then it's all set up and then completely changes this issue. I didn't care for that at all. Yeah. Who's the traitor? I'm curious. Spoiler warning. It's the uh, all-star kid. Yeah. Oh. All right. They set him up as the traitor, then they reveal he isn't the traitor, and they give you a very unlikable character as the traitor, and then they reveal he really was the traitor the whole time. Yeah. Wow. Now, I did really like what they did with Dr. Fate in this book, you know, because we've kind of had the idiot Dr. Fate walking around who doesn't know how to use his powers. And, you know, he, he channels some of the knowledge from Kent Nelson uh, in this book to kind of save the day. And there, there's, a, you know, a couple of really nice pages with Dr. Fate kind of bringing him back to, to really the awesome kind of character that, that he's always been able to be. Uh, so I'm encouraged by that. But I, I and I'm hoping that. I, part of me is wondering if Willingham and Sturgis aren't kind of crowding each other on the writing of this book. And I'm wondering if we'll have a, a better voice with them kind of, you know, taking on their own separate books with, you know, All Stars versus uh, uh, JSA. Will uh, you pick up both books? I will. I'm not sure right now. It's going to depend on which characters and in which team. I well, really don't like Magog. So. I, I can't stand Magog. Um, I really can't stand Magog, but yeah. If they add in the obnoxious character that I wanted to be the bad guy, I can't even remember his name right now. If they add him onto that team too, there's a good chance I won't pick that book. Yeah. And I'll just get the other. Well, uh, JSA All-Stars is, uh, coming out next week or this week comes out on Wednesday and it's written by Matt Sturgis and it will have Magog in it, but it also has, uh, uh, Oh gosh, I, Courtney. Uh, what is her character's name? Is she Star Girl? Yeah, Star Girl. I kept wanting to say Star Spangled Kid, but I knew that wasn't right. Um, but it's also got the annoying, um, uh, you know, witch character, Weather Witch. I, 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 uh, I actually like her character too, to be honest. Cyclone. Cyclone. Yeah. Yes, that's. Cool. I'm looking at the preview. It's Power Girl, Magog, Hour Man, Star Girl, Damage, who I thought died. Um, I thought he Cyclone, Wildcat, Judo Master, well, Citizen Steel, and King Chimera. He died in Blackest Night. Yeah, I guess this takes place prior to Blackest Night because yeah. he's in the preview. Did you? I mean, the preview was in the back of a uh, Flash Rebirth number five. I did not read it because I knew I was going to buy it. I didn't want to read the preview. Ah, yeah. I get irritated when you know I, I I've already read you know three or four pages of the book I'm going to buy, so uh, I feel like I'm getting shortchanged. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I that lineup I'll be getting both because I like Star Girl and I like uh, I do like the obnoxious, annoying. Weather girl there. Cyclone. See, you know, Wayne, you've got this little, you know, I got a little chalkboard in here and I've got a a check next to your name because of the Batgirl thing. (laughs) And now I'm having to put another check here because of uh, the the Weather Girl. So (laughs) it's Aaron Head's list. (laughs) Dark Rain, Aaron Head's list. If you get a third check, Wayne, there's going to be trouble. So you're on notice. I I like (laughs) annoying female characters. I I don't know. Clearly. Clearly, I think you're going to require some kind of therapy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see. Justice Society number 33. Well, and I was talking about Flash Rebirth because uh, oh. the preview was in this book. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't realize we transitioned away. Are we I transitioning? Apologize. Are we transitioning? Uh, okay. Wait. Okay. Transition now. It sucked. <laughs> you didn't like Flash Rebirth number wow. five? I hated it. Really? I hated this it. is the only book of the run I liked. I loved it. 
I really liked this book. I just, you know, I okay. I'll I, I will let me go back. <laughs> Let's rewind. <laughs> All right. Two main things I didn't like about it. All right. The art. I still don't like Ethan Van Skyver's art on the Flash, and the whole changing costumes thing I thought was pretty stupid. Oh, I kind of like that. I thought it was stupid. So you're saying that the changing costume thing is more stupid than keeping your costume in your ring? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I am saying that because I guess I got used to that. Uh-huh. And this was like, hey, everyone, while you're running, imagine you're wearing a different costume. Bam, different costume. All right. I will give I like- you that it was out of place in this issue. I like the mechanic of that much better, but it was a little out of place in the issue. Kind of a running oh hey new costumes yeah and it's like why did we need to do that in the middle of a fight was there importance to it is it going to help us fight well and and i would like to say that i feel i was like okay well you know i kind of like these new costumes with the exception of liberty bells yeah i really hate what they did with hers i really like the costume she has same here society i am i don't see a reason to change it no, me neither. And I, I, it was a, it was a good, unique looking costume, and uh, really dislike that. I mean, I like how they're they're making the distinction between Wally and Barry, um, but and, and I like that they've made uh, uh, Wally's daughter the new Impulse. But uh, I did not care with what they did with Liberty Bell's costume. But you know, I I have disliked this series from the get go, and this was the first book that I felt like made made any sense. You know, uh, I, I like that we get to see what r- the reverse flash has been doing. Reverse flash, Professor Zoom. Am I calling him the right thing? Yeah, either way works. Okay. So, uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I like that it was a much bigger deal that he's done. He's been going through and kind of, you know, reworking Barry Allen's past. Cause you know, some of the stuff I'm like, well, I guess this is the big reboot of Barry. And this is actually a reboot that makes sense. You know, I, I like how they're they're kind of restructuring his past and making it part of the story as opposed to just this is his past. And what I'm loving about it, too, is as they brought him back, they didn't push Wally out of the way. Yeah. Usually when they bring the original character back, like Kyle got pushed out of the way for a while before uh-huh. the Corp started. But Barry is still front and center. I particularly love the line, you know, uh, you're the flash to my flash. Right. And it really are keeping him front and center for all the, you know. All the Wally fans. Yeah. Now, uh, what did you guys think of the uh, Ethan Van Skyver art in this book? I thought it sucked. I, I, I will say I don't think that it was very good. You know, I, I think Ethan Van Skyver with it, but I wasn't blown away by it either. Put it that way. I, I just think Ethan Van Skyver is incredibly overrated. You know, I will give this to Ethan Van Skyver. His faces, I think, are great. Every time he does a close-up on a face, I think it came out great. Like uh, when Reverse Flash uh, says, I killed your mother, uh-huh. good page, close yeah. up of the face. But whenever – but Ethan Van Skyver is not good with action, I've noticed. The movement, like his his characters when they're running, like that, that two-page spread with the new costumes, just very awkward, I felt. You know, especially uh, Impulse. Yeah, she just – she doesn't look like she's running. She looks like she's skipping. In fact, the <laughs> left page – Looks almost okay. Yeah. But the right page, because even Wally West, yeah. you know, with his, I'm going to, I don't know, his He-Man pose or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you've got old guy Flash, Jay Garrick. You know, he looks a little awkward, too. It, yeah. it, 
no, I, I think I think Van Skyver is uh you know, I know that he is hailed and touted as as one of DC's great talents, and I absolutely disagree. I mean he, he can draw, but I don't think that he's all that. Um I think that a lot of his art is uh redeemed by the coloring on the book. Because I think the coloring is actually pretty strong. Um, but I, I think that they, the, the, the talent of the colorist are really, uh, covering up a lot of how bad some of, uh, Van Skyver's pencils are. So yeah, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, it's just bleh. Well, and it, you know, uh, yeah, you've got Brian Miller of Hi-Fi doing the coloring on this book. And I think that Ethan Van Skyver needs to go and thank him heartily because, you know, I think that you would have a lot more people going, wow, this really sucks. You know, there are pages that work really well. Um, you know, the, the page where Liberty Bell jumps in with, you know, uh, Wally's daughter is a really good looking page. And it's nice, you know, strong foot in the face to Professor Zoom. Um, I, I think that page worked great. And then you've got like like you're saying, the, the bit and it's supposed to be the big power shot of the book with all the flashes and speedsters all in one place. And, you know, they don't look right together. Yeah. And, you know, take a look at, uh, you know, the bottom of Kid Flash's foot. I mean, some of that is just drawn in shorthand. You know, he, he's not even, you know, he's kind of phoning that stuff in. Not only that, not, not just his foot. Take a look at Kid Flash's eyes. Yeah. One eye is lower on his face than the other. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, eh. Well, he eh. is a zombie now. Maybe not this <laughs> issue, but that's true. Well, and you know, if you if you look at you know each one of the characters, looks like they're, they're posing for a photograph. You know, they're looking directly at the reader. You know, with the yeah. exception of Flash, everybody else is looking at the reader, whereas Flash is you know looking off at Professor Zoom. And I'm just like, you know, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's not pose for the cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the reveal. I enjoy how they're working uh, the 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 backstory of Barry Allen to really kind of make this you know a new Flash origin series, which is great. Barry Allen needed to be reworked if you're going to bring him back into current continuity. Um, but the artwork stunk. So there you, you go. know what's funny? Uh, we're, we're saying that we like that about the Flash Rebirth. Uh-huh. That is exactly what we did not like about Captain America Reborn. Well, yeah. But, you know, the, the difference on Captain America Reborn is the device that I disliked so much about that was uh, uh, the time bad, travel piece. Bad story, bad writing, time yeah. travel. <laughs> yeah. There's any number of devices that hated that one. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, this this is a I, – I, maybe the distinction is that Jeff Johns knows how to do it and whoever the Joker was on Captain America Reborn doesn't. Brubaker? Yeah, he's a Joker. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what disappoints me most about Captain America Reborn is I love Brubaker's writing. Yeah, I, I loved Incognito. I loved his run on Captain America. Yeah, his run on Daredevil's like a character. Yeah, and to see this title, it's, it doesn't fit with yeah. what's been. But what I am liking, speaking of reworked origins, is Superman's Secret Origin, uh, issue three of six came out this week. This is. If you didn't read uh, Jeff John's run on Superman, which was excellent, uh, especially when Gary Frank was doing the art, uh, you missed out. It was it was probably the best run on Action Comics in years. This Superman Secret Origin is probably one of the best Superman stories I've ever read. It's that good. Um, it's written by Jeff Johns, art by Gary Frank. Um, did anybody read this or is it just me? 
I think it's just you. Now, I probably will pick it up in trade, but to be honest, they have to do a lot to sell me on Superman right now because I don't like the, the new Krypton stories going the regular book. So they have an extra hoop to jump through. Yeah, and I, I, I like, I think I like this because it has nothing to do with that. I mean, it's his origin. Um, but it's not just his origin, it's different pieces of his origin. So you're getting kind of like a best of Superman. The first book was, um, when his family revealed to him his, you know, that he came from Krypton. The second book was his, um, first meeting of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, this book is, um, his first day in Metropolis. And, you know, Gary Frank's art is amazing. Um, it always has been. Gary Frank has always been an excellent artist, and this is probably some of the best art of his career. Um, and this is probably Jeff John's best stuff on Superman. It is, this is an amazing book. If you're not picking up the series, um, I would highly recommend picking up the, the hardcover. When the series ends, I will definitely be picking up a hardcover. And I'd venture to say this is probably a series that they will end up doing an absolute edition of. It's that good. Mm-hmm. Have they redefined his first public appearance yet? Yes. That was issue three. Issue three is his first public appearance. Um, and you get, you get a very different sense of it than you normally do, which I really liked about it. Um, you know, and since no one's reading it, I'm just going to go ahead and ruin it. Uh, it's, it gets into the end, at the end of the issue, um, how much he regrets going public. Um, because, you know, he can hear people talking about him and the, basically the fear he caused by revealing himself. So I, I really like that aspect of it. You know, there's great characterization in this book. Wow. That's starting to sound like irredeemable. <laughs> I don't know. If I like irredeemable too. Bad, but. <laughs> but highly recommended. Um, and there's a beautiful, you know, there's the iconic pose of, uh, you know, Superman, uh, Clark Kent opening his shirt for the Superman uh, logo un- underneath. Right. And, uh, you know, they do that in this issue uh, by Gary Frank. It's a full page spread. It's poster worthy. I mean, it is gorgeous. So highly recommended Superman Secret Origins by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Um, if you're not picking it up, like I said, definitely pick up the hardcover. It's worth it. Well, all right, then. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wayne, you read Thunderbolts this week? No, not me. No, wait, you I didn't did. read Thunderbolts. I guess that Paul guy read Thunderbolts. Yeah, I read a lot of I, crap this I used to like Thunderbolts, too. I followed the entire first run, even through the horrible Fight Club part of it. But I didn't. I basically, I dropped it when they brought Norman on and they changed the entire team. Mm. See, but, I dropped Thunderbolts when Warren Ellis took over. I guess that was the Norman Osborn stuff. Um, but I picked up this issue because uh, it's written by Jeff Parker. Uh, who also writes Agents of Atlas and numerous other books for Marvel, and who we have an interview with uh, this week. This week comes up on Wednesday. This Wednesday. Um, we're going to have an interview with Jeff Parker. Uh, and he, so we talk a little bit about this book, and I picked up this book in preparation for it. This is his first issue on the title. Um, the team is entirely different. They still work for Norman Osborn, but it's entirely different from when I last read the book. Um, now Jeff Parker, uh, he's a smart guy, so he does a good job of getting me familiar with the characters. So, you know, I kind of know who they are because I literally, I've never seen any of these characters before in any other book other than Ant-Man from the irredeemable Ant-Man. Um, but I, I liked this book. It's dark. It's got a lot of dark humor to it. Um, but I did enjoy it. And the reveal at the end is that agents of Atlas, they're going to go after the agents of Atlas, um, so I, I'm on the book, 
you know, for a little while now. I, I've got a new book to pick up because I love the Agents of Atlas, and uh, I really enjoyed this book. I'm very curious to see how they interact. Now, you know, it's funny, Paul, in our uh, our interview with Jeff Parker, we got to talking about the the first miniseries that he did of Agents of Atlas, uh, which, you know, he, 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 he went on to talk about how wonderful the hardcover was of that book. Um, you can pick it up in trade paperback, but it's no longer available in the hardcover, and that hardcover's been out of print for a little while. And, you know, in that interview, we were talking about it, you know, it's on eBay now for like $100. I picked it up this week. I won it in an auction on eBay for $17. Wow. So, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Yeah, because you've just started reading Agents of Atlas, too. Um, yeah. And uh, I love, I love the Agents of Atlas. I love the characters, and I'm, I really enjoyed the series. Yeah. I like the way they interact with the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And that's also the reason I picked up Incredible Hercules this week, because it's a title I don't normally read. Um, but what Marvel has done is it's given the Agents of Atlas monthly arrest, uh, I think, for till later on in 2010. Mm-hmm. And right now it's a co-feature in Incredible Hercules. And um, just to show you how much I'm interested in Incredible Hercules, I spent $4 on this book, and I read the eight-page co-feature. Yeah. That is all I read. Oh, wait, six pages. Six-page co-feature. <laughs> That is all I read of a $4 book. Um, but I loved it. You know, it, it definitely continues, uh, the storyline that's been going on, uh, in X-Men versus Agents of Atlas. It's the storyline from there continues here. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't recommend picking this book up unless you've read X-Men versus Agents of Atlas and the Assault on New Olympus one shot. And then you can come here. Um, <laughs> otherwise you're going to be very lost as to what's happening. Well, uh, so maybe you want to wait till the trade. Out of curiosity with Thunderbolts, is uh, Songbird still on there? Because running the risk of a uh, checkmark number three here, I love Songbird's character, too. I like Songbird. That's okay. And no, she is not on the team. It is an entirely male team now. And because wow. I am unfamiliar with Songbird, you're not getting a checkmark. <laughs> <laughs> Songbird was in... Um, she left the team. She went good, I think. Uh, yeah, and she was she... one of the very... She was probably the most likable character in, during some of the teams they've done. Yeah, she she went, you know, she she betrayed the team and she became a good guy and the Black Widow saved her from the team along with Nick Fury. It was that was a crossover with the Secret Warriors actually. Um but I don't know what the ultimate resolution of it was. Hmm. Um but Incredible Hercules again, um if you if you are reading Agents of Atlas already, pick it up. Otherwise, just wait till the trade cuz you'll get probably the entire storyline instead of having to buy four or five different books hmm. plus a book you're only going to read six pages of. So Wayne, you read Jericho number one. Yes, I did. I was a big fan of the TV show season one, at least season two was just kind of rushed and uh, went downhill. Uh, generally what I found when picking up any comic based on a TV show going in, I expect the characters to look nothing like the TV show. Right. I expect the story to be over the top from the TV show and them to throw in all kinds of things that they could have never done on the TV show because of the budgets and the special effects and things like that. I was very pleasantly surprised none of that happens here. The characters all look just like the TV show. This actually feels like it could have happened on the TV show. It's not over the top. It seems a logical progression from the end of the series. I am going to pick this title up as a regular. I mean, it's now. Does it pick I, up right where the series left off? Because, like yes. yourself, I was a fan of the series. It picks up right where the series left off. They're in Texas. Okay. 
So it's the plane has landed and, and, you know, uh, uh, there, it's just like, is it a short amount of time after the, the, the series ended? It is pretty much within a couple hours of when the oh, series okay. Excellent. Is it, they're in Texas meeting with everyone, sharing the information that they have, and it's dealing with what happens after that. I mean, huh. So f- it's only one issue, but so far I am really enjoying it. Now, that's and, a Boom Studios book, right? Uh, no, it is DDP. DDP. Okay, sorry. I, you know, I flipped through it a little bit on the shelf because I was like, ah, do I want it? Do I want it? But again, the, the, the giant stack of comics I already had prevented me from picking it up but next week looks to be kind of light so i may pick it up then yeah i enjoy a lot of stuff that devil's do does i mean some of these companies now it's for a while there there wasn't a lot coming out from some of the smaller houses but yeah i'm enjoying boom stuff i'm enjoying ddp stuff it's there's a couple of the smaller companies that are really good right now excellent so i got a couple of questions for you guys uh it's a questions. light week next week um Blackest Night, The Flash, number one. Paul, I know you're picking that one up. Yeah. Um, uh, Wayne, I you definitely get, will, too. Okay. Blackest Night, Wonder Woman, number one. Paul, are you picking that up? Yes, because it's written by Rucka. Okay. And Wayne? I will pass on that one. I've never cared for Wonder Woman, and most of these miniseries have been bad. You know, I I wouldn't pick it up, except those bastards at DC have blacked out the th- the cover of the third book. And apparently something big is supposed to be happening in this one. And it's written by Greg Rucco, of whom I'm a big fan. So I think I am going to pick it up. Yeah, they said something big was supposed to have happened in uh, in some of the other crossovers. <laughs> too, so, you know, they, they're not getting me on this one. You, you just have need to have a little bit more faith. <laughs> um, I had faith that I bought the Titans tie-in. Okay, Fall of the Hulk's <laughs> Alpha number one. Paul? I don't know. I'm currently not planning on it primarily because I just hate what's going on in Hulk right now. Yeah. But because Jeff Parker is writing it or writing part of it, yeah. Uh, I I'm curious. Ultimately, I'm probably not going to buy it though. I, I I that was a long way of me saying, despite good things in it, I will not pick it up. Yeah. Hulk Winter Guard one shot number one. Hell no. <laughs> I'd like to point out for our listeners that Hulk Winter Guard number one, uh, one shot is uh, $3.99 with a bonus reprint. <laughs> okay, let's see if there's anything else here. I think that was it that I had big questions about. Yeah, that was it. I, You know, I, I think you guys are going to be stuck having Jonathan review the, uh, the fall of the Hulks because I will pick it up and glance through it and make my final decision at the rack. Yeah. But uh, I don't like what they're doing with Hulk either right now. I want to know who the Red Hulk is. Yeah. And that's the one thing they're doing to keep people reading the title, which is why I'm not reading the title. I can read it on uh, Wikipedia if I want to know who it is. <laughs> now, I do want to say um, Siege, the Cabal, one shot does come out next week. Are we looking forward to that? Yes, that's the the first part of Siege from Marvel. Hey, don't bite my head off, pal. I, you know, there's Damn no reason it, to raise your voice. God. <laughs> Damn it. Well, Paul, uh, why don't you tell the, the nice folks about uh, the remaining time they have in our great big uh, Light Brigade Rings uh, giveaway. Oh, Light Brigade. That's a good title. Because I've been calling them Blackest Night Rings, but they're not necessarily. Um, all right. 
So this is the last show uh, that you can leave a comment on to win a full set of the Light Brigade rings um, from all the different core that are currently in Blackest Night. Um, all eight rings, including the Black Lantern ring that only came with Blackest Night number one, which came out five months ago. Great prize. Uh, and all you have to do to enter is either link to our podcast on another website and, um, you know, send us the link to ideologyofmadness at gmail.com so we can see that you did it. Or you can write an iTunes review. Or you can write an iTunes review. So I guess there's three ways. Or you can leave a comment on Ideology of Madness um, on any of the podcasts this month uh, only. And this and, month uh, being November. Yep, this month being November. Which means and this episode will drop uh, early Monday morning, November the 30th. So you have until 11.59 p.m. on November the 30th. Is that correct, Paul? Yeah, you have till midnight tonight. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a, a one incredibly awesome contest there it most certainly is yeah. um and thanks to uh heroes and villains comics in hampton virginia for supplying the rings excellent and uh you know definitely enter it, it's a great prize and um you know next month just a, a little preview i am positive we are going to have some type of christmas contest uh-oh, a very exciting contest coming for Christmas. What yes. is it, Paul? Can you tell us anything about it? No, well, I cannot. I, <laughs> I, can, I can tell you this. Come back to the website on December 4th. Of course, you're going to come back to the website. You're there every day. You know you are. December 4th, we will be announcing a brand new contest to win not one, but five comic book trade paperbacks. So uh, tune in for that, and we'll have uh, details on December 4th. Awesome. All right. Well, Wayne, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming out today. I appreciate being invited, Alex. I enjoy this quite a bit. And since you did not earn your third check mark today, we'd like to have you back next week as well. I will be here. <laughs> there was hesitation. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you know. <laughs> you know, I just want to say before we go, you were talking about it being a slow week next week. My pull list is currently at seventy dollars for next week. How that? Yeah, you going buy a bunch of trades? No, I'm, no. Tra I just took out the trades. Hunt number three comes out next week. Uh, Invincible presents Adam and Eve Rexplode number two. Yeah, I see. Quite a few. Thor, Necrotia, you know, Dark Avengers, a ton of stuff. JSA All Stars, which I'll probably only pick up because we're going to talk about it. Well, I'm sorry. It looks like a, a slow week on my end. Sorry, you guys are spending a whole lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, check back next weekend uh, or well next Monday. Um, for our another jam-packed issue issue episode, funny <laughs> books with Aaron and Polly, uh, and we'll be talking about some of the books we didn't talk about this week, including Image United. Yes, and Realm of Kings. Excellent. Thanks a bunch, guys. All right, bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in production of this podcast. I am not Gonzo or Uncle Scrooge. I am Glorfleas. <laughs>